Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Welcome to Night Shift. I'm John saying It is a great pleasure to have you all with us on the first day after Election Day 2022. We have some great, great guests coming up tonight. Katrina Vanden Heuvel of The Nation will be with us. Bob Seska will be with us to break apart all the results from last night. It's going to take us three hours to get through everything that's happened and everything that hasn't actually come to pass yet. In hour number three, the sublime Keith Price, our comedy daddy, joins us. And all night long, as always, our most important guest is y'all and yous at 866-997-4748. Chris Hauselt's our executive producer. We are grateful to have him in South Carolina. Thea Harper running this thing from Brooklyn. I'm in Manhattan. I'm so glad you're with us. Let's play a little game of, uh, you know who the real winner is? Because <laughs> I think we'll be doing that for quite a while. Um, and, and also, I just want to say... Um, there's a lot of ground we got to cover tonight and I want to know your thoughts. I want to know what's giving you hope. What's still giving you anxiety. Do you feel really good about this? Do you think Democrats feel a little too good about this? Is it too early to feel anything yet? Really want to know your thoughts as we begin to dissect 2022's midterm elections. Let's just go with what we know for sure. The polls were wrong. The polls were completely wrong. The polls maybe can never be trusted again. And the media narrative was dramatically wrong. There was no red wave. As of now, control of the Senate is still up for grabs, but it appears to be leaning towards Democrats. There is going to be another Georgia runoff election starring Raphael Warnock in December. That's the kind of reboot I think we can handle. The House is headed for a very, very narrow GOP majority. But again, that's not even called yet. And what's it going to mean for Kevin McCarthy if he becomes Speaker? and has a majority that's only in the single digits. 
Democratic candidates for the Senate and for governor and for the House all did far better than anybody, anybody expected. And I've been sitting here being optimistic, which is not my nature, but I've been definitely optimistic for weeks, for weeks and weeks, because I don't trust polls. Again, we've said it so many times, guys. I, I, I hate to be a guy repeating his shtick, but who answers polls? It's people who have landline phones that they pick up during dinner, and it's people who see a call they don't know on their cell phone and decide to pick it up and talk to the person. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. I, I do it all the time. I almost all. Who's that? Very often I will pick it up just to see. Oh, China, that's got to be good. And then they try to sell me drugs I don't need. Online pharmacies, they're all over. But, but my point is, polls are not reliable anymore. Gen Z, young people made the difference. I want to say, I want to say Gen Z are the black women saving democracy this year, except black women also turned out to save democracy this year. But young people do not answer polls. And young people were the deciding factor last night. So much history made for black candidates, women candidates, LGBTQ candidates, Asian American candidates, Latino candidates. Let's run through the stats. In Pennsylvania, John Fetterman beat Dr. Oz 50 to 47 percent. The most important issue among Pennsylvania voters, abortion ahead of inflation and far ahead of crime. 35 percent of Pennsylvanians said abortion was their number one issue. Only 11 percent said it was crime. The polls are so off, the GOP is coaching their candidates with the wrong smears. Democrats won the governor's race in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, all these critical battleground states to Biden's win two years ago. Republicans held on to the governor's mansions in Georgia, in Texas, in Florida, and beat three wonderful people in the process. Democrats have won full control of Michigan for the first time since the early 80s. Republicans still favorites to flip the House as well, but Democrats were winning most of the toss-up races all night long. And that's not what happens when there's a wave election. Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire won over Don Bolduck. Uh, Marco Rubio, Ron DeSantis both won. Democrat Maxwell Alejandro Frost won Florida's 10th congressional district. He's 25 years old, born in 1997. I'm pretty sure there's something in my fridge older than him. He's the first member of Gen Z elected to our Congress. Democrat Wes Moore was elected the first black governor in the history of Maryland. He's only the third black governor ever elected in this country. Democrat Josh Shapiro, a big win for the governor of Pennsylvania. Democrat Maura Healey is now the first female governor of Massachusetts and the first openly lesbian governor. Democrat Summer Lee won Pennsylvania's 12th district. Uh, she defeated Republican Mike Doyle. Peter Welch hung on in the Vermont Senate race. And it's it's a huge deal. I mean, what we saw in Pennsylvania alone, Shapiro becoming governor, he's the guy who's vowed to veto any legislation that'll make voting harder in that state. And that's a state with organized election deniers. You know who else won last night? Obamacare. South Dakota voted for Medicaid expansion. A dozen years after the Affordable Care Act, brought Medicaid expansion, helping the budgets of so many states and so many evil governors that couldn't possibly say yes to free money because it came from a black Democrat. Well, the deeply red South Dakota, where they have long resisted Medicaid expansion, the people who sent them to office disagree with them. They've now become the seventh state in the last five years to do this at the ballot box. People love Medicaid expansion. Greg Abbott doesn't. Donald Trump doesn't. Paul Ryan doesn't. Mitch McConnell doesn't, DeSantis doesn't, they hate the Affordable Care Act. 
it's more popular than any of them. Inflation was the number one issue for a 31% plurality of voters. Abortion rights was second. 71% of voters who named inflation as their top issue went Republican. 76% of voters who said abortion rights was their top issue went Democrat. Lauren Boebert, don't know if you've heard, she might need work soon. I know it's so tricky. Will it be Fox or Newsmax? Trying to make sense of the history of this, that Joe Biden may have had the best midterm for a Democratic president in 40 years. I mean, there's been 22 midterm elections between 1934 and 2018. And in those 22 elections, from FDR till now, the president's party averaged a loss of 28 House seats and four Senate seats. I mean, Reagan got wiped out in 82. He got wiped out in 86. Obama got destroyed in 2010, destroyed in 2014. Bush Jr. lost 30 seats in the House in 2006. Donald Trump lost 40 seats in the House four years ago. Well, Democrats lost fewer seats in the House of Representatives than any Democratic president's first midterm election in at least 40 years. It was the best midterms for Democratic governors since 1986. So I want to ask you guys all night long, and I'll be asking our guests the most obvious question. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? I got to say, Joe Biden is looking like a pretty strong winner after last night. He had a really good night that went much better than anyone could have predicted. Um, I want to play a couple of clips from his press conference today because, A, he was really loose, really good at it, really having a good time. You wouldn't believe you're watching a 80-year-old guy with a stutter. He was on his game. Here's President Biden offered a few words on the predicted wave of GOP election victories that never came to pass. While we don't know all the results yet, at least I don't know them all yet, uh, here's what we do know. While the press and the pundits are predicting a giant red wave, uh, it didn't happen. And I know you were somewhat miffed by my, uh, my uh, obsessive optimism, but uh, I felt good during the whole process. I thought we were going to do fine. While any seat lost is painful, some good Democrats didn't win the last night. Democrats had a strong night. And we lost fewer seats in the House of Representatives than any Democratic president's first midterm election in the last 40 years. And we had the best midterm for governors since 1986. Reproductive rights had a very good night, proved to be a major issue among voters, especially young people. Democracy. I I can't say it's come back booming and it's going to be around forever, but it survived to fight another day. Huge voter turnout and a lot of the election liars lost big time. Ron DeSantis had an enormous night. He will be the GOP nominee for president unless Democrats figure out how to use Donald Trump and make him wreck the whole ship. It's unbelievable considering everything that this Democratic Party was up against, considering the president's low approval numbers, inflation gas prices, that they could do this well in their first midterms. I'm I'm not used to it. I'm like just so indebted to all the Americans who showed up. I swear to God, I'm inspired by the people of Ukraine fighting back. Like that's been the hero story for me all year. But wow, I just, did you have the same feeling last night? Just holy shit. I love it when America's center left majority shows up to vote for midterms. The real winner is the new Democratic coalition forged in resistance, forged under Trump. It didn't break. It didn't crack. You know, Democrats all came together with moderates and independents under Bush. 
And that brought Obama into the White House. And that carried over. And the majority of Americans voted for Hillary Clinton. I think Donald Trump and his Supreme Court picks, Sam Alito gets credit for this, has cemented a new majority coalition. If this many people turn out for a midterm, let's see how the presidential campaign goes in just two years. Another big winner, moderates. All the Democratic candidates running for Senate up against far right wing nutjobs made very direct appeals to Republican voters and independent voters by saying, I'm bipartisan, I'm moderate, my opponent's an extremist. Liberals, I know we want to have someone passionate. We want to have an alpha progressive in there and we have to move forward on all these issues. I'm not talking about how they legislate. I'm talking about how they campaign. I mean, look what happened in New Hampshire. Maggie Hassan beat Don Bolduc because so many Republican voters who sided with New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu at the top of the ticket crossed over for her. Moderates don't like assholes. You know why Carrie Lake and Blake Masters haven't won yet in Arizona? Moderates don't like jerks. And Carrie Lake running around shitting on John McCain? (laughs) Arizonans, who are not far right wingers, don't want to hear that. The Democrats don't. The moderates don't. MAGA echo chamber makes these people very poorly equipped to function in a general election. So one of the big winners, all those Democrats who meddled in Republican primaries to boost far right candidates who were denying the election. People who thought it was crazy, heavily criticized. I've tried to point out that both parties do this all the time. It's not a new thing. It is a cynical thing. But you know, uh, the, the real concern was you, you say you care about these MAGA lunatics posing a threat to democracy. Why are you trying to get them to win their primaries? Well, it paid off. It created much more favorable general election matchups for Democrats. All six of the Democratic boosted Republicans who made it through the primary were knocked off last night. Who are the losers? Donald Trump. Donald Trump didn't just lose the midterms. He may have lost his hold on the Republican Party forever. The bright side of that is there's still enough time for him to wreck it. Every gubernatorial candidate who said they wouldn't have certified Joe Biden's victory two years ago lost. Again, Carrie Lake hasn't been called yet in Arizona. But Michaels in Wisconsin, Dixon in Michigan, Mastriano in Pennsylvania, Bailey in Illinois, Cox in Maryland, Lee Zeldin in New York. Oh, Oh, Lee Zeldin went down. He went down. And again, thanks to Samuel Alito, the Supreme Court was a big loser last night. And the mainstream media, for me, was one of the biggest losers. With this idea we were headed for the gigantic red wave, embracing polls that could not be relied upon. It was just pure herd mentality, pure just conventional wisdom being passed back and forth. And they were wrong about all of it. So was the GOP's advantage on the economy smaller than we thought? Did Joe Biden's warnings about Republicans threatening democracy resonate more with voters than anyone can anticipate? And how much of a role did Roe v. Wade play? Well, again, that was turnout juice for these Democrats. Both California and Vermont added abortion rights to their constitutions by an overwhelming margin. Another measure like that passed in Michigan, 56 to 44 percent. And in the red states, Kentucky and Montana, both knocked down anti-abortion measures. So, yeah, abortion rights and Gen Z. Again, the role that young people played cannot be understated. The turnout was huge and it made the difference in so many races. And AOC pointed out by 2024, millennial and Gen Z voters will outnumber voters 
who are baby boomers and older. We are beginning to see the political impacts of that generational shift. You can't talk about John Fetterman winning without talking about the youth vote. Almost 79% of young people voted for Democrats in the early vote in Pennsylvania. 70% of young people voted for Democrats based off the exit polls. Young voters defeated Dr. Oz. And also, Fetterman was great. Just a couple days ago, he had this challenge to Oz that he just hammered home all week, challenging Oz to promise to commit to living in Pennsylvania permanently for the rest of his life, even if he lost. And of course, we got to talk Trump. Donald Trump endorsed nearly 40 candidates who won their primaries and went on to the general election. And in many of those cases, Donald Trump went against the wishes of the Republican Party leaders. He picked candidates that sucked up to him the hardest or were the shiniest and most famous. There were a lot of stronger Republican candidates that did not win the primaries because of Donald Trump. And the Trump-endorsed candidates, most of whom had a lot of baggage, most of whom were spreading the big lie about the election, they didn't do too well. Not in New Hampshire. Not in Pennsylvania. And the Republicans are beginning to blame him. And the Republicans are beginning to flip out. Let's just play a little bit. Here is Fox and Friends earlier today. Now, I got to warn you before you hear this. This footage is undeniably beautiful. This footage may fill your heart with joy and peace. This footage may make you feel hope for the future. I give you (laughs) Fox and Friends. And so progressive, mm-hmm. uh, people are just dug in. They're dug in really deep right now. And uh, uh, John Fetterman, you're talking about? Absolutely. He is so extreme. Wants to open up a third of the prisons. Doesn't frack? Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't about, frack. How about Mandela Barnes? I mean, he wants to open 50 percent of the of the prisons. Right. He's trailing. And he's running against uh, Ron Johnson, but it's still it's still tight. But how do you explain this country now, Brian? To your point, I mean, we have open borders, record gas prices, inflation is the worst in 40 right. years. The president's approval ratings are so bad worst crime since the 1980s and yet <laughs> i heard last night this is an indictment on the republican party is well, it i mean why how are these these issues when our country is in such a bad state right now how is this not a red wave how indeed these are the five stages of fox news host grief number one shock number two anger why isn't reality measuring up to our expectations? Number three, displacement of that anger. Who can I blame for my shitty parties, shitty positions on the issues? Number four, just seething hatred. And number five, learn nothing and don't grow from the experience. I want to get to your calls, but I I, I have to just beat up on Donald Trump a little bit more first, if you'll kindly indulge me, because what's going to happen? How much is this party going to turn on him now? We're already seeing it begin to happen. A lot of Republicans are beginning to say, okay, uh, Ron DeSantis is our guy. And don't get me wrong. If you listen to this show, you know I've been saying for a long time, Ron DeSantis is a much greater threat to democracy than Donald Trump. But remember, DeSantis is not nearly as charismatic as he thinks he is, or as the media thinks he is, and Donald Trump can still destroy this. And oh my God, remember J.R. Majewski? Majeski, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. He was the guy who lied about being in combat in the Air Force in the Iraq War. They found out he was just like loading cargo on a plane in Qatar. Uh, he lost against Democratic Congressman Marcy Kaptur. Uh, Donald Trump is the reason this liar, this poorly vetted, stolen valor candidate was able to get the nomination. In Michigan, the early results showed uh, Hillary Shulton was leading John Gibbs. And Donald Trump's planning a rally at Mar-a-Lago next Tuesday. It's still expected he's going to announce a 2024 presidential campaign. Will he cancel it after a really embarrassing night? Or will he double down 
I mean, in Georgia, it's still too close to call. But Herschel Walker got that nomination for the GOP because of Donald Trump. Because, as I've pointed out with great disgust, they thought, hey, he's black and famous. He can beat Reverend Warnock. In the exit polls, Herschel Walker won only 8% of the African-American vote. 42% of the independents, 39% of the Hispanics. All three of those categories lagged. But again, Brian Kemp did well. He beat Stacey Abrams. So what does that mean? That means there's a lot of people who will vote two different parties on the same ticket. There's people who voted for Brian Kemp, who are Republicans, who would not vote for Herschel Walker. At least 80 Republicans who spread the lie questioning the 2020 election results won seats in the House last night. So as bad as it is for Trump, he has got a MAGA caucus. And then you got J.D. Vance, who tragically won in Ohio. More than 90 House members who've been endorsed by Trump. There's a hard, right, crazy comment section come to life flank. That's going to be really powerful. And if Kevin McCarthy only has a single-digit lead, by the way, Trump is apparently furious about Dr. Oz, and he's blaming his wife, Melania, for advising him to endorse Dr. Oz, according to Maggie Haberman, which is just, I don't know, kind of beautiful. And again, Ron DeSantis, he had a great night. First Republican to win Miami-Dade County since Jeb Bush 20 years ago, won a big majority of the Latino vote, and Donald Trump is terrified of him. Ron DeSantis could become our next president, but that's a long way off. Right now, Kevin McCarthy will probably get the speaker's gavel, and he's not going to be able to pass anything. It's possible Republicans won't defeat a single Democratic Senate or gubernatorial incumbent. And Democrats might still add a few seats. But Republicans are realizing what a single-digit majority in the House would look like. They've made a lot of promises. And now, what's McCarthy going to do? He was supposed to give a speech last night at 10 p.m. And by midnight, the stage was still empty. You know, he'll do fine. They'll get control. But it's going to just be all investigations of Hunter Biden. They're not going to be able to move anything. And the Freedom Caucus and the far right are already plotting how they can use this new dynamic to their advantage. Because Kevin McCarthy will be the weakest Speaker of the House in the history of our country. And brothers and sisters, I need you to buy some popcorn. It's going to be beautiful. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Wondery. 
I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. Bob Seska joins us. Maybe you fell in love with Bob on the Stephanie Miller Show. Maybe it was his columns at the Daily Banter or a salon. Maybe you got to be hip to his jive on this particular program because he drops wisdom with us every Wednesday night. Do follow his very fine podcast, The Bob Seska Show, one of the best discussions of music and music and politics that is way hipper than anything we do here. Mr. Seska, happy, uh, I want to say post-election day, but this thing is still dragging on like one of Trump's marriages. Hello. <laughs> yes, it is. And I don't know. I've been kind of surveying all the shows I've been on for the last uh, 12 hours. My show is on with Stephanie this morning. Is Red Shart over the line? Is calling this a Red Shart? Would that be is that too gross? I think I I made the entire cast of the Stephanie Miller show gag this morning when yeah, I said that. You know, I I look, I'm a, I'm a fan <laughs> of ex, of vivid imagery as much as the next guy. Um I have heard the phrase quite a bit today bandied about. Uh you know, they they promised a red wave, it was more like uh one of their light days. You know, I I prefer to go more for the menstruation <laughs> metaphors, but I appreciate your creativity. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank um, you so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm feeling good. I think and we have justification to feel good. In fact, we were just talking about this uh, during the commercial break, which is that e- even if the Democrats don't hang on to the House and it's, you know, it's sort of hanging in the balance right now, it, we have so much to be thrilled about because of this. And in terms of the endeavor of saving democracy, I think it's a big deal because it's not just I think so often, especially as Democrats, We swing for the fences. We look for those big national races. We look at those big congressional races, the big presidential races. But we actually end up losing sight at the real consequential races that are deciding some of the most awful things that we've experienced over the last 10, 20 years, which are state legislature races, which are governor's races. And there have been enormous accomplishments on both of those fronts. whether it's getting a trifecta in Michigan, which is a big deal, especially from uh, a national election point of view, especially no, from right. a state level legislation point of view. Uh, I, the Democrats, for the first time in a, a couple of decades, at least uh, uh, won the Pennsylvania House, which is another big deal. Uh, and, uh, of course, protecting the governor's mansion, Josh Shapiro defeating maniac Doug Mastriano was also yeah. a big deal. I mean, I could go down. I could do this all day, and I'm sure you've talked about a lot of these races already. Well, no, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's that, go ahead. I was just going to say the fact of the matter is that uh, that there is a lot to celebrate here, it, even if Congress kind of hangs teeters on the ledge as to yeah. which way uh, both chambers are going to swing. Although I will say I think the Democrats will walk away with at least 50 seats in the Senate. So the Senate firewall, I think, will ultimately be secure. And, you know, who knew that we would be sitting here on Wednesday night with maybe the House of Representatives uh, as a possibility? Although, you know, it's again, who knows? But that that is still there. It's still on the table. I mean, most most likely uh, the Democrats will still lose the House. Most likely, um, you know, we we will see uh, Florida be solid red. Um, There's a lot of things that, you know, we're down by all means. Democracy is still an endangered species. I don't think it was saved last night. It was kept alive to fight another day. But honestly, Republicans keep running these extremist freaks for office. To me, it kept reminding me so much of 2012. You know, yeah. and, and MAGA has consumed the party 
And Republican candidates will either become equally radical and, and, and more insane moving forward, or they'll look at Ron DeSantis and think, OK, let's start getting back and being like George W. Bush. I, I'm not convinced that Ron DeSantis is George W. Bush. I think he might be a Rick Perry, but we'll get to that in a bit. I mean, to yeah. me, the biggest narrative, Bob, is um, we can never trust polls again. Ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. No one can. Republicans shouldn't. Yeah. No one can, uh, which makes it exciting. And um, the media narrative has never been more wrong. We've discussed it a lot. Journalists are very passionate about democracy, but the people who own their media, they don't want. Yeah. They don't want to pay 3% higher taxes. The people who own the news channels we enjoy that have all those commercials for big pharma and all those commercials for Medicare supplement plans, they don't want uh, Medicare to be able to negotiate with pharma companies for lower drug prices. The media mm-hmm. has pushed a narrative that Democrats are dead in the water. It's all over. The MAGA is going to sweep everything. People only care about inflation and crime. No one cares about Roe v. Wade anymore. Um, I... I I think the sweetest part of it was realizing, oh, my God, the the gaslighting didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, what ended up happening was partially because of what the political news media's narrative was, partly because of where the polls were headed. The Republicans got happy. The Republicans started measuring the drapes and assuming they were going to win this thing. And I wonder if that uh, along with possibly covid. I mean, COVID, yeah. COVID deaths, I think, are a factor, maybe in the thousands, but there, it's still a thing. Red You're areas, right. <laughs> lots of Republicans. Went at a out time when every COVID vote counts. Dying yeah. yeah. At, at a time when every vote counts, they yeah. lost hundreds of thousands of faithful who are dead because mm-hmm. they believe Republican media narratives. That's right. That's right. So ultimately, the Republicans went into this election complacent, setting expectations way too high. And as a consequence of that, now we're in this period of time that I am just I'm loving every second of this. I'm loving the (laughs) uh, the screaming about Donald Trump. I know Jesse Waters and some other uh, people on Fox News Channel. Uh, Tucker Ooh. Carlson were screaming about the amount of you, money. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned Donald Trump. I'm glad you mentioned Jesse Waters, because, yeah. as you know, I'm a huge fan of his comedy. Uh, he's really <laughs> smart and he's ne- he's never yeah. wrong about anything. And he's not racist, really. Uh, Jesse Waters <laughs> has a sad Bob. And we have a clip of yeah. Jesse w- asking uh, an indifferent God, how 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 could this ever happen um, again? Guys, Jesse Waters, if you don't know, he was the, the comedian of Fox News. He was the guy Bill O'Reilly would send to harass people. You could tell every joke he's ever told in TSA and, and not violate the no joke policy. Uh, here is Jesse. <laughs> trying to come to grips with how reality doesn't match what he's been led to expect. It's not the hatred for Joe Biden that there is for Barack Obama and for the Clintons. There's not a hate Biden vote that's out there. You know, when you go with Trump's on the ballot, there's that hate Trump Democrat vote. People just don't feel the same passion against the guy that they also Maybe feel he's just for other really people. Nice guy. And we have a problem. Democrats. <laughs> Here, the woman on the five say, maybe he just really is a nice guy. I mean, they, he's so angry, but you know what? He's right. A big factor here. Yeah. But hate Biden merchandise is outsold still at GOP events by hate Hillary merchandise and hate Obama merchandise. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah. that that whole thing of like the old white man, for whatever reason, Republicans don't hate the old white man as much as they hate the woman and the black guy. Yeah, you know what's funny about Joe Biden is he's actually getting lots of things done. 
I mean, he's actually led the Democratic Party and Joe Biden is the, uh, you know, the, the leader of the Democratic Party right now. He has led the Democratic Party to an, an incredible series of successes in his first term, without a doubt, legislatively, in terms of uh, this election in particular. There hasn't been an election like this for the party in power since 2002. It's been 20 years. And yeah. in 2002, of course, it was in favor of the Republicans because George W. Bush was president and there was 9-11 right before it. And so there were some additional factors in there helping the Republicans along to have a good midterm in 2002. But that being said, the Republican Party has only won the popular vote nationally once, once in the last 34 years the last eight presidential elections the last eight democrats have won the popular vote in seven of them yes absolutely so what we're looking at now is an enormous reevaluation happening on the republican side what is this trump thing that we're we've attached ourselves to you see it all over fox news channel they're questioning why didn't Donald Trump s- uh, spend any of Save America PAC's money on any of these campaigns? What was he? Why was he doing this? Why was he hoarding all of this cash uh-huh. that his contributors have given to him? His suckers have provided for him mm-hmm. and he didn't spend a cent on it. He's out there bragging about his endorsements, which are completely irrelevant. The question now is whether the Republican Party gets the right idea. Will they cut bait with just Trump and carry on with Trumpism? Or will they abandon both things to say, you know what, look, maybe we should concede elections. Maybe we should have decency and decorum and fairness and tolerance and empathy for people. Even though we support low taxes and small government, maybe these are things that we need to incorporate back into our public personas again. That's a big question mark, and I I don't think they will. Although I do think that they will cut bait with Donald Trump. I do not think he's running for president. Uh, Already, we got a scoop tonight from the Washington Post that they're rethinking this November 14th announcement. Announcement. Which, yeah, prior to that, but but since the other night in Ohio, when everyone thought he was going to announce, since then and up till I saw this scoop, I was thinking, okay, well, if he does anything on November 14th, he's going to announce an exploratory committee. Which gives him wiggle room to exactly. bail out and quit, right? Without actually, he can't make up his out. mind about what he wants yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I agree but, with you. He's going down like yeah. Tesla stock. He's going down like Tesla stock. This guy. It, it's not right, going right. to. But, but there's a there, there's a third way, Bob. There's a third way. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, but you said there's these sure. two ways that Republican Party can go. It can go back down to MAGA and double down on Trump, or they can kick Trump out and go with DeSantis. They're There is a third way. And I want to play a little bit of Joe Biden because they asked him, you know, who he'd rather face, uh, DeSantis or Donald Trump. The third way is um, civil war within the Republican Party and that Donald Trump is Democrats best hope of wrecking this thing for Ron DeSantis. Here's really quick. They asked Joe Biden, who would you rather face, DeSantis or Trump? His answer is sort of what I've been talking about on this show ad nauseum for a few weeks. One more. We saw Governor Ron DeSantis with a resounding victory in Florida uh, last night. Who do you think would be the tougher competitor, Ron DeSantis or former President Trump? And how is that factoring into your decision? It'll be fun watching them take on each other. (laughs) All right, David Sanger. (laughs) He's right. Yeah. It's the best hope Democrats have. I'm sorry. I, I... 
I don't think Trump's going to run either at this point, but I want him on that wall. I need him on that wall. Yeah, yeah. You know what's going to be fun? The first time Donald Trump, if he en- ends up running, and I'm 75-25 that he's not going to run, but right. the first time he ends up losing a primary or a caucus, he is going to go ape shit. That's on the what Republican I'm establishment. About. The first he time he blame. loses to DeSantis, if he if he loses yeah. New Hampshire or Iowa to DeSantis, go, go ahead. Tell me. It's going to be I won by the most votes ever. This was a rigged election. Moscow Mitch or Mitch McConnell and the RNC are going to. Sorry, I snap right to Moscow Mitch when I talk about that's <laughs> Mitch okay. McConnell. Uh, that's not what Trump says, but that's what I say. Uh, the RNC, Mitch McConnell, Ron DeSantis campaign, whatever other Republicans are in the race at that point, they all rigged the election against him. And and then that's when he sends all of his flying MAGA monkeys after all of the above. And so yeah. that that could be the inciting incident that does this thing that we've been talking about for you know seven years now which is that this could be the thing that divides the republican party that splits the trump faction off from the rest of the party and you know normally up until today up until the last 24 hours it was all one and the same but you can start to see them divorcing themselves from trump slowly but surely you're right and if they're smart that's what they're going to do uh one way or another um I think this this Republican primary that will start in earnest early next year, I think, is going to be a relatively large field. I don't think it's going to be the same as what we saw in 2020 when there were 845 different candidates on three different debate stages. I think there will be I think Mike Pence is going to run. I think Nikki Haley is going to run. I think Christy Nome is going to run. Who knows? Carrie Lake, even if she loses in Arizona, which she probably will, she she may end up running. So there's going to be quite a field. And, and the question is whether that field includes Donald Trump. Well, that's and the thing. how thermonuclear he goes on them when one of them wins and he doesn't. And the other thing is, if if Trump does run, will there be a field at all? Even Ron DeSantis has indicated he would not run if Trump will. And we know the Republican Party does not want Trump to run. They've all come out and said it in different, very mild ways. Even Fox yeah. News tweeted out today that Ron DeSantis is now the leader of the Republican Party. I want to play mm-hmm. you another clip from Joe Biden's press conference today. This is a okay. two uh, here. You know, they asked him, OK, is this the end of MAGA? And this is Biden urging caution for anyone who thinks Trump's movement is done. I don't think we're going to break the fever for the super mega mega Republicans. I mean, but I think they're a minority of the Republican Party. Super mega mega. I think the vast majority of the members of the Republican Party, we disagree strongly on issues, but they're decent, honorable people. We have differences of agreement on on issues. But they, uh, you know, I, I, I work with a lot of these folks in the Senate and the House for a long time. And, uh, you know, they... They're they're honest and they're and they're straightforward. They're different than mine, but they're you know, they're 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 decent folks. Bob, mm. if Joe Biden runs again or if he decides not to run, let's say he, he's going to have an incredibly good place in history. History will be very kind to him if he chooses not to yeah. run again. But he was having a good time today. That press conference is really worth watching. <laughs> and he was really doing well. What do you think of the odds we see a large field on the Democratic side? I don't think we're going to. Well, it depends if For Joe Biden runs or not. Yeah. If right. He, if he doesn't what run, if he, we'll see. Yeah. What we'll if see he does a run? Field if he doesn't. But if he does, I don't think anyone's going to challenge him from the party. You don't think so? No. I mean, maybe there'll be some. No Ted Kennedy's of, this year? 
Yeah, some sort of Marianne Williamson kind of thing, some sort of Andrew Yang type political tourist who may throw their hat into the ring momentarily for some attention. But, you know, normally an incumbent president doesn't get challenged. uh, And that's normally we're in very abnormal times. uh, But I don't think that's going to happen with Joe Biden, although I, I do think it's possible that he does. Uh, decide to pass the mantle to someone else or maybe a small group of five or six other candidates who he sort of anoints as leader of the party. And I think that would include, just for the sake of argument, I think that would obviously include Gavin Newsom. I think um, maybe, you know what, and and this actually brings up a separate topic, maybe not next year, not for 2024, but good Lord, this election has created two brand new uh, Democrats uh, who could win a national election, like a presidential election, expanding the Democratic bench. And that's Josh Shapiro and Wes that's Moore. Right. Yeah. Uh, Wes Moore here in uh, Maryland, who's now the first black governor of Maryland, a- an amazing politician, uh, someone who's very inspiring. The same with Josh Shapiro. I think he yeah. really grabbed the, na- the national spotlight in that rally in Philadelphia. So, all that being said, these are all possible contenders, plus many others who could run in that place. It's just it's going to be kind of a, a chess match between the parties as to what the fields look like. If there's a big field on the Republican side, the Democrats will also put up a big field. If it's few, it'll be few on the Democratic side and, and vice versa. So uh, that's what I think is going to probably happen, though. Who Bob knows? Seska, Again, abnormal such, times. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Everyone, please sure. follow him at Bob Seska Go, because like me, he's still on Twitter. We're not leaving America. <laughs> We're not leaving Twitter either. We're still there and subscribe to the Bob Seska podcast. Thank you so much, sir. Happy. Uh, Thanks so much. Happy midterms are almost over, but not quite yet. We'll see you soon. (laughs) You bet. Bye bye. Quick break. When we come back, it'll be your calls at 866-997-GRIT. Katrina Vanden Heuvel of the Nation joins us in the next hour. This is Progress. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I am always so thrilled anytime we can get Katrina Vanden Heuvel to join us. She is editorial director and publisher of The Nation magazine, which you should subscribe to in print. I used to get my data subscription every year. It's America's leading source of progressive politics and culture. I'm always thrilled to welcome Katrina, especially I want to say after the midterms, but we're still right in the middle of them. Welcome back. Still going on. Thank you, John. Thank you. Um, I was I was I'm sure you stayed up real late last night. I did. I did. You can hear me okay? Hi. I can hear you fine. Um, I yeah. was just thinking last night there were many high moments. There were some low, but 
I uh, was rereading today my September 2015 interview with this tattooed, head-shaven, straight-talking mayor who wants to be the next senator from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, who came into the nation in 2015 with his now campaign manager, Rebecca Katz. But I found that heartening because I, on many levels, John, one, I have a friend in this building, uh, my apartment building, who had a stroke uh, six months ago, about my age. And he finds in John Fetterman an inspiration. So do but I. I also, you know, his, and I loved his kids last night who showed up not in little suits or dress, which I would have put my daughter, but little hoodies and just look. But also that you can do a multiracial populism, economic populism yes. fused with reproductive freedom, which is also about economic freedom. But he did it. And he did it in a tough state. Um, I think and it's a did, tough state. I mean, I, I think and, Pennsylvania is a great state, but I've, you know, it's both uh, Philadelphia and Scranton. Oh, yeah. It's it's two states in one, sort of like New York. New York. And, and he did it with a real authentic um, sense of populism, you know, not like a Donald Trump millionaire at birth populism. I mean, John Fetterman's a guy who's going to the Senate who looks like a guy every one of us has known or worked with or purchased coffee from as a barista. I mean, he just looks like a real American in a way we're not used to seeing in our country. Listen, John, I don't know who you know, but six foot eight, six foot seven. Right. I don't hang. I mean, unless, no, but I also I've he, you know, he's interesting because he studied at Harvard. Yeah. I mean, so you get, he, you know, but what I find just there's an empathy and a humanity to what he was talking about. And so clearly contrasted in that debate where you can't, you know, once you're a reality show star, you can't go back again. I mean, it's That's like right. Mehmet Oz had it embedded in his spirit and presentation. Anyway, I just think it's exciting because, um, you know, people didn't believe in part of what is exciting, John is we're still in the midst of this election and we're That's likely right. to be until December. That's um, right. And it, it, but it's astonishing that, you know, the Democrats both defied history and defied, defied the odds. I mean, everyone now knows it's been like 40 years since, I mean, the party in the white house gets quota shellacking. That was oh. president Obama's words who did some great closing around. That's right. I was listening to your uh, call-ins before just to say, I also, it sort of makes one happy that many, many years ago, Noam Chomsky, the philosopher, linguist, wished that people would call into political radio shows like they called into sports radio, I knowing agree. the stats, knowing, mm -hmm. and they, that woman who was just on, it's what, 1024. I mean, I did go to bed at four last night, or like, you know, <laughs> but the energy, the passion, it's like. That's what I love. I mean, I've always said, why is it that only in sports talk, be it on right. TV or radio, only in sports talk, can you hear adults arguing vigorously, but it's not <laughs> hostile. It's not toxic. You know, they're going to go out and have a drink together when they're done fighting on the air about it. And I've always been like, I, we all get along with plenty of folks on the right and in the center. Why can't political talk be more like that as well? I, I, I come for the enthusiasm. And we're going to talk a lot about how polls can never be trusted again, but <laughs> well, wait a minute. We said that last time. We said, I know, but, you know, but this, also, this is more grandiosely wrong than some, last time. We bear some responsibility. That's my view in the sense that let's be honest at the nation. When I left the office the other day, it's like, Oh my God, I'm going to go hide. Not, I didn't do this. I was more hopeful, but people were convinced it was going to be a blowout. Yeah. And well, is that a we measure taking a measure of the country? Is that a measure of, 
of not even, you know, not trusting a younger generation to come out? Is that a measure? There's so many factors, but the turnout, I mean, it wasn't a blue wave, but it had elements within it of the hope of building a coalition. As you yes. wrote, you tweeted it, John, I thought it was really smart because I do think more and more this is a center left, center, sort of center social democratic country. And you need to build that coalition. And I think we saw some of that last night when independence That's right. broke primarily for Democrats. Because there were all these models, you know, the Cook Report, the wavy model was if the independence broke for Republicans. So no, I just right. think there's more coalition building that could be done to both. And it will be the case, the Progressive Caucus in the House, your listeners may not know it, but it's the largest caucus. Jamie Raskin, who was on January 6th committee, is in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's going to have new members. Summer Lee from Philadelphia. This Maxwell, Maxwell, Maxwell Frost is from Florida, right? The state. That's right, which, from the tenth district. Yep, and Greg Cesar and a few others. It's exciting. You know, Katrina. One of the things that struck me was um, all these things that Democrats or liberals aren't supposed to do paid off last night. Um, you're not supposed to be a moderate. You're supposed to be a good progressive and inspire people. And, and I do believe that in many districts. I was thrilled seeing Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders going on Fox News. And I do think a message of true populism can work. But if you're like a Maggie Hassan in North New Hampshire and you know you're running against a right wing zealot, you want to go for the moderates, for the independents, for the Republicans and sell yourself as the sane one. And um, it's really interesting to see as a hardcore progressive to see how the moderating effect got a lot of people elected who will then vote with liberals. You know, but here's the thing, John, I really I rem- I, I want to talk a, for a moment later or in a few minutes about Nancy Pelosi and why I think Please. that played a role. Please. But she once said the center is what's in the center of people's lives. And I think Paul Wellstone, late senator, Jim Hightower says it in his way. I think Maggie, I just watched Maggie Hassan on Rachel Maddow on MSNBC Decision 2022. And I get excited when people talk, politicians, electeds, about improving the condition of people's lives, the quality of their lives, listening to people and, you know, understanding the state as she does. And it is the case that New York City is not Buffalo Mm -hmm. and New Hampshire isn't, I, you know, I'm, you know, think of another. I mean, it is closer to Pennsylvania, probably, or Rhode Island inside in some ways. Right. But I think she takes a measure. And I, I also it's a chance to mention, by the way, isn't Bull Duke? What's his name? The opponent. Wasn't he yeah. one of the people the DNC like? ran someone against him so she would have an extremist opponent well that's the other controversial democratic take because we saw so much consternation within the party over democrats supporting the flaming trumpist maga far right wing zealots in these open primaries and there were a lot of people saying look you 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 want to save democracy but what happens if your little plan backfires and you get these guys elected well it didn't work democrat candidates running for the senate they 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 did well but the yeah. people who went ahead and made it so the far right magas could win the nominations this no meddling in the know, primaries it really paid off uh, one thing i think moving ahead which a kind of center left center progressive coalition needs to think through is primaries because at the moment the dnc never moved against dark money in primaries and there's a kind of I, w- I wish that the um, 
kind of counterinsurgency, so to speak, inside the Democratic Party was more welcomed and vice versa. I agree. You know, so there's a big it's a majority. It's a majority. What I mean, there's all this talk, some, not all this talk in my head about Roosevelt and Johnson, Lyndon Johnson. They were able to pass some extraordinary legislation because they had big majorities, super majorities. Yes. Yeah. But at, but the, at the same, same time, time. It, I think it is. I think it's a you know it's an exciting moment also to see the passion, the intensity around freedom, reproductive freedom. That's that right. is democracy too. And well, I was also going to say we we can't. I mean, history will be very kind to Joe Biden if he's a one-term president. We can't understate how much he's achieved in a very short amount of time. But maybe the real hero of all of this, Katrina, is Sam Alito. Because, wow, did he drive turnout in ways the GOP did not see coming. So Ellie Mistal, who's our justice correspondent at The Nation, we did a panel today at thenation.com with Ellie reenacted Justice Roberts going in to see Alito. And, you know, <laughs> okay, I mean, just furious. Look what you, you know, if you, the, the insidious thing would be to dismantle Roe piece by yeah. piece, but the extremism, see, I think the extremism of, grotesque Republican candidates of yep. swarm a sort of swath of violence looming around and the vitriol and then the assault on Paul Pelosi and the shameful way many, many Republicans, MAGA people right. responded. I think it created a sense of intensity, which the Democratic Party often doesn't have, John, you know, the Votes around gun control, you see 90 percent support background gun checks, but that's that, right. you're not getting it. You're not seeing it at the polls. And choice exactly. has been that way. But there was an intensity, which I will say quite a few progressives, including Bernie Sanders, worried about the economic message coming down the pike. But exit polls, are, you know, as they are, show inflation and reproductive freedom and choice were virtually tied. I they should be used. They should be fused of because course. you cannot have economic security if you don't have control over your own fate, future and body. And in fairness, I do think a lot of Democrats handled the inflation um, and economy issue very well by saying we're the only party that's doing anything to help. And these other guys that you're supporting are voting against everything that possibly could help. But I want to give you props, Katrina, because you had the best line I saw all day. <laughs> One reason no red wave GOP ran on grievance and not on governance. Oh, yeah. You know, we've known for a long time that if you play this MAGA game of going as far to the right as possible, go ahead, you'll get the nomination in your party, and then you will just fall down in the general. And 10 years ago, I had this kerfuffle with Mitt Romney's campaign because I asked a question on CNN and they admitted, oh, it's like an Etch-a-Sketch. You shake it. It seems Republicans oh, didn't did remember the, the Etch-a-Sketch. Etch I was the Etch-a-Sketch guy on CNN. And it seems like Republicans didn't take the lesson this time. They These extremist candidates got elected. They were very, very popular with the far right of the party and Fox News and the media ecosystem. I mean, Carrie Lake going around and trashing John McCain. I can tell you, I know enough but Arizona they, Republicans that they were never going to respond to that. Well, there's a core sense of decency. I think people let me step back just for a minute. I do worry about our work reporting sometimes, sure. not just because the business business model. And I personally don't think Fox is the main right wing force. I think it's Newsmax. It's Christian radio. It's talk yes. radio. But I do think we're facing a tough time on investigative reporting, which exposes truth to power or which shames 
because if you're not shame, if you're if you're shameless, your reporting isn't going to make any change. In so true, you know, and that that's a, something to think about as well as rethinking election night, because I think it needs to become election month. <laughs> oh, completely. And and by the way, that's an argument that I think we can win with conservative brothers and sisters, too. I mean, why shouldn't it be a federal holiday? And why shouldn't it be a month long? And why, if we believe in freedom and liberty, shouldn't every American have the easiest possible experience voting any way they want, as long as they're legally entitled to vote? I think these are these are messages that can help Democrats that conservatives can be sold on. No, I think that's right. I mean, I, but I meant like our system doesn't seem to be capable at the moment, both infrastructurally and politically of one night elections. Oh, you're um, right. But, I, you know, it became a, a week long process in New York City where I live because we had early voting and we had like pop up banks became voting places. And people there were so many people who said I'm first time and people applauded. And a friend of mine says people do that all the time. But I'd never there was a kind of joy in going New York City, uh, where we sit, New York State's had a rough time. Yes. The governor won early, Hochul, first woman governor, and following Andrew Cuomo. But mm-hmm. um, I think New York State is going to contribute to the deficit. There are five, four or five seats, congressional seats, that one was lost, Sean Patrick Maloney, head of the DCCC. Right. What a mess. But there are two others that are in play. And, yeah, uh, I mean... Sort of the gerrymandering that happened in New York was what I think got Patrick Maloney, Sean Patrick Maloney. Yeah, um, and it didn't hurt Republicans in Florida either, but you're, you're exactly right. Um, but I, I want to ask you about one of the most positive stories that I just didn't see coming last night, and that was voters in deep red South Dakota. Turns out yes. they don't care what their leaders Medicaid. tell them. They want Obamacare. They approve Medicaid expansion. So, you know what? I I find it so interesting because I remember this is going to date me. 2006 minimum wage initiatives in Florida and some red states passed Mm -hmm. candidates supporting wage did not win. But it's like it's a cycle. But there's no. What about Kentucky? Again, this is, you know, Kentucky, I believe, has a Democratic governor. It's where my husband was from Owensboro. But it's uh, passed a amendment, too, on reproductive freedom. That's right. And I think interesting things happen in states you might not expect, good and bad, like L.A. seems (laughs) no. But I mean, North Dakota, there's a humanity that if it wasn't treated so derisively, it would be rise up. And I think we'd see more of that. But there is a little bit writing off parts of the country where there is, you know, if you listen more like we need you Mm -hmm. 24 hours a day. I'm I mean, look, I've always said. You sounded like a therapist before. <laughs> well, I've always said I think the unsung hero of Barack Obama's election would be Governor Howard Dean for the 50 state strategy. You know, this or Truman-esque notion of or Keith Ellison. I mean, let's go straight in- into the reddest. Yeah. And, and I, I love Keith, work with him many times, you know, going into the reddest like of districts. They understood like a 50 state strategy and that it wasn't going to happen tomorrow, but it was worth <laughs> investing in. Exactly. So that brings us to Florida. Obviously, there's not going to be any more myth that Florida is a swing state for the next decade. Um, How concerned should progressives be about this doughy mediocrity, fake Christian Ron DeSantis? I I know how charismatic he is to some people, but uh, Katrina, honestly, having listened to many hours of this man talking, being smarter than Trump still ain't that good. He's not a bar. No, (laughs) 
that's a, like yeah towers because of the barrenness around him um <laughs> i i'm um i'm more worried about florida but then i'm not because about the latino vote yeah and the the latino you know it's no longer simply i mean dade county miami dade county yeah that's that you know that's that's a tough loss but i take solace because i think what you're seeing in miami dade is cuban americans joined by colombian Amer- colombians who becoming Colombian Americans? Right. Uh, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and one thing anecdotally I've noticed is socialism. You know, there's an element of fleeing mm-hmm. from socialism, not just Cuba, but I mean Nicaragua, Venezuela had elements. So yes. there's that that's embedded in a way that I think is tough at a moment when we didn't hear much about socialism this election midterm. Nope. But Democratic Socialists for America. Some of the younger people running are part of the Democratic Party, but also that wing of the. Yeah. So, and I mean, but, but that's I the think coalition. DeSantis is not. I think DeSantis, he's, he's he'll get exposed, even though he's been traveling every minute. But he'll probably get more exposed as he's viewed as the counter. And any exposure there is probably of value because it's not just a personal exposure, but it's public service as we that's head right. into. If and anyone I, wants a good time tonight, though. It was a video my father used to watch because he loved a great debate. I don't love Chris Christie, but to see him uh, dissect Marco Rubio it's to beautiful. just in the debate, one of the debates, beautiful. it was just it was it was it was probably criminal. I mean, there was an element of torture, but it's worth watching. I mean, Chris Christie was on this show. I had him on and I, I asked him about that. And he said, look, his whole strategy was that he was going to be that guy for the Republican Party. But then Trump came along and did it better than him. I think we're going to have a very crowded field in the Republican side. But what do you think about the Democratic? Well, this is where I have to ask you the awkward question, because Joe Biden certainly had a lovely press conference today and seemed delighted and seemed very much like a guy who's going to run. And if he's running against Donald Trump, I think he can beat him, even though he'll be 193 in two years. But um I do think there's a very good chance that whether Biden runs or bows out, we'll see a crowded Democratic field either way. I think that's right. I think, obviously, the outcome sitting here today, however it ends up with the House and the Senate, it's not going to be the red wave tsunami. So he, Biden, is given an opportunity to speak again, it seems to me. Um, I do think one of the reasons President Biden was elected was because of the malfeasance if not malpractice of handling COVID by Trump. absolutely. And my sense of this moment is that there's a little more intensity among people who feel their economic futures were impaired by the way. I mean, that argument. I agree. So the intensity about treatment of COVID has been allayed by Biden. So, you know what I'm saying? I agree. That anxiety is gone. But there's a flip side to that, because if should he run in 2024, let me ask you this. By 2024, people will have noticed they are paying less for drugs. People this will know that this has but, happened because but, of this president and and the infrastructure bill will have gone into effect and they will see the jobs created and the construction done. All right. So, John, you need to do every night a segment on not partisan, just what politics has brought you, because Donald Trump in his mode he did sign checks, if you remember, so that there was no second thought about who sent you that check. Oh, I remember. People don't, you know, people need to know. I mean, you may have, when we were down in Florida, 
and yes, you did we your were. great your great acts, which I still laugh about. I mean, I was crazy and just kept talking about every family should get like a free hearing aid. The FDA finally is selling right. hearing aids over the counter. I mean, you want me to be practical. I just think people need to know that that wasn't going to happen under Donald exactly. Trump. Exactly. I mean, they, they need to know who gave it to him as well. Because yes. look, I, I loved getting a check from Donald Trump. I felt like a porn star for one day. Childcare but, credit. Are you, but yeah, the childcare credit showing up in people's bank accounts every week. And there's no sticker of Joe Biden saying, I did that. People didn't know. We had literally the the lowest child poverty rate in the history of our country and, in 2021. And Joe say, Biden did it. Solve. We don't know how to and, solve child poverty. We do. And it proves that government can do it. Government can do it. All right. But here's the deal. Remember that in 2010 Tea Party moment. Oh, I believe it was 10. Maybe it was six. But the guy who said, get government's hands off my Medicare. Yeah. I mean, Social Security and Medicare, which became a part of this campaign in a strong way. Yes. They're embedded now because like Obamacare is beginning to be. Correct. So I think that's you know worth thinking about because so much of our life is revolved around thinking about how to improve people's lives, but government is, you know. Well, Katrina, I'm so pleased and honored you would join us. I want to ask you one last question, um, and it's based on something I, I read in your Twitter feed earlier. Should we as progressives use these election results to begin pressuring the Democrats in Congress to really believe that they now do have a clear electoral mandate to codify abortion rights? I think that this election, this midterm and the voting in different parts of this country on the issue does give a mandate of sorts, which could be claimed to codify and to at least begin the process so that there's a commitment and a kind of accountability. I do think so. Yeah. I can't wait to see what the next 24 hours or 48 hours or the next month for Reverend Warnock holds for us. Um, I I mean, can can you believe yeah. Carrie, Carrie Lake, the media, the New York Times, they all told us. I mean, Katrina, on Monday, but I see, was this, this Carrie is, Lake's going to run for some president it, someday. Some of it is your we need your political therapy because I think there's a mindset shift. There is a lack of confidence in what we say sometimes. And there's yeah. a little bit of I've always believed that a politics that blames the people. I, this may be too old to say now is dead on arrival. There are people in this country who don't want anything to do with any anyone. But I sure, do, of think, course, you know. There is a little bit of feeling. Many don't know the country. Many are suspicious. And I think that was part of the the strength, the power of last night. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Was, yeah. And I think it's important to, to track and follow. We will be following through December at least, but um, into December. But to build on this moment, because it is an unusual moment. Oh, yeah. It's a defiance of traditional history and odds and in that, there's kind of like, wow, it's like a reprieve. Well, also, I said at the top of the show, this is what the resistance to Trump gave us, a brand new Democratic electorate that is much bigger and more powerful than we ever could have expected. If this is the turnout Democrats get against Trumpism in an off year midterm, imagine what 2024 can look like. If these Gen Zers who showed up this year care enough to show up the next time for the more popular election, I'm so excited to see what comes next. I am, too. I will simply say that sometimes it's in the trenches. You know, it's not always a big night. But in the end, if it's about, you know, I think the discipline I, I wrote this the other day, the discipline of hope 
over cynicism. Exactly. And there's a discipline in that just to keep that strong. And the resilience, I think, is important to remember this country. Bad times, but there's a resilience. So, Katrina Van Hubel is the editorial director and publisher of The Nation. It's always such a great pleasure to have you with us. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your work besides subscribing to The Nation, which you all have to uh, do? The Nation. Well, on my uh, Twitter, which I'm reconsidering, but there it is. KBH don't leave. Nation. Don't leave. We need you there. Don't go. Don't let the don't let the fascists chase you out of town. But I'm a. Uh, I, I hate to say, well, you could read me in the Washington Post dot com exactly. once a week. Yes, that's where if not the nation. You know, OK, Take it's so care. great to see you. And uh, I can't wait to see what amazing events the nation does next year as well, because, uh, boy, you guys know how to do it right. Thank you so much, Katrina. Thank you, John. We've Thank got you. to hit a quick break. When we come back, it's going to be your calls all the way until midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific at 866-997-GRIT, featuring me thanking you guys for being so patient the whole time. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back. So much audio I never got to. So many facts and election facts we never got to. There's just so much to contain. Keith Price, how do our listeners keep up with you and all your doings? They can find me at Comedy Daddy on the Twitter and KeithPriceComic.com for everything else. By the way, we just did an interview earlier today with uh, Bob Woodward. Uh, Bob Woodward, he's, he's going to write a book about being on our show. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> what jewels did he, did he give to you? that? Or what did you say that we're going to find out later on? Well, he, he had, you know, he got Trump to he got Trump to confess to all these crimes on tape and he's releasing a book of the tapes. And so I want to congratulate him because Bob Woodward, 50 years after Watergate, got Donald Trump to deep throat himself. Uh, Brian <laughs> in Oregon, really quick. You're our last caller. I, I, it's another um, great night um, was the African-American guy uh, being elected to Maryland. Yes. Oh, my God. We haven't even begun to talk about Wes yet. And that guy's going to be president someday. Oh, he's fantastic. And uh and thank God for Michigan. They hardly need anybody else's thoughts now. <laughs> they, they're doing it themselves. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Michigan, New Mexico. Shout out to Michigan and New Mexico. Val Demings. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Oh, I was depressed about Charles Booker and Val Demings. 
But, uh, Me too, and and uh, also Mandela Barnes. A lot of really good people Mandela who uh, Barnes, I would have loved to have seen serve. That asshole. I can't believe that wing nut won, but Ron yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh God. Oh, he needs to be thrown into Carrie's Lake. He's just. Ugh. I'll tell you what, I'll let you work on that when it come back to us, okay? I'll let you work on that last one. Uh, and Carrie to be thrown into a lake. So I met, and Carrie Lake, we and we still don't know what is her status. We don't know who the governor of uh, Arizona is going to be, but it's not going to be boring. And uh, you know, Carrie oh, Lake was God, supposed to win this thing yeah. running away. The media told us she was going to be president one day, and boy, God. it's just so close. I think Keith, the moral of the story is neither side won, but the Republicans kind of lost. <laughs> I want to thank all of our I want to thank all of our guests tonight the great Keith Price thank you Katrina Vandenhubel of the nation thank you Bob Seska as always we work with an insanely excellent production squad Chris Hauselt in South Carolina Thea Harper in Brooklyn together we do this show five nights a week and we're so glad you're a part of it we'll be back tomorrow here on Sirius XM Progress keep attuned here all day long and we will be bringing you the results as they come in peace Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.